Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So we're talking about relationships, great relationships, how to, to build them. And we know a relationship is a connection uh, between individuals. Uh, and if I look at the Greek, it's actually very nice that they put it there. It's a joint participation. So when you have a relationship of whatever nature, uh, it's a joint participation uh, between individuals, families, uh, wherever you are in your life. And very important about relationships. Um, you can go ahead with the, the scripture in Proverbs uh, chapter 13, verse 20. It says, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. Anybody want to be wise? Of course. Birds of a feather? That's why you do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together in the house of God, so that you can rub shoulders with one another, thereby sharpen your knowledge of God and also increase your faith levels. So it's very important to be in a gathering like this. So walk with wise and become wise. If you associate with fools, well, there you go. Anybody going to trouble lately? Well, you're all honest, eh? None of you have been fools, eh? Thank you very much. Okay, um, that's all got to do with relationships in Second Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 6.14. Also very important, and I'm just going to set a bit of a foundation before I go further. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, maybe you say in a sitting like this, that's strong, but it's actually the Word of God. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So if you want to get married, and you're a person who follows God, then ask God to give you somebody else who follows God. Otherwise, you're going to be a fool. You're going to have trouble. I'm telling you, I've been around for a long, long time. I've counseled a lot of people. Um, people who uh, look at the external qualities and values and things, but they don't actually know about the relationship in the heart. And something that we've heard of late, um, well, I've fallen in love with this person, and I believe they're going to also become a Christian. Wake up, smell the roses. It's never going to happen. Once you're caught, you are caught. It'll ne that individual will never, unless God comes out of heaven, smacks him and changes something. So we need to be careful. And so it says, don't, let's not team up. Let's not be unequally yoked. Um, in uh, Amos, the Old Testament as well, uh, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, do people, two people walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Ryan, Rachel walking with you? Oh, she better because she's married to you, but we know, I know their story. So because they are married, there was a point in time that through relationship that started, they made an arrangement. They said, I want to walk with you. There's nothing worse, nothing more difficult in life, being in a relationship with an individual and you haven't got the same goalpost. Whether it's a father or son, whether it's children, uh, whether it's a husband and wife, whatever it is, whether it's an employer and you're working for somebody, if you are not in agreement with that employer, go find another job. Because it'll be miserable. And so the Bible's very clear on this. Unless we agree um, to go in the same direction as best that we are not there. 
And so now that's a bit of the foundation. I really want to get to where we need to go. Because in every part of every relationship, the center of a relationship is the heart. That is the crux of the matter. Everything that who we are, how we respond to people comes from the heart. And Proverbs 4.23 puts it this way. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. So we're talking about developing good relationships. Well, if I want to develop a, a, a stronger relationship with my wife, who I've already got a strong relationship with, but if I want to, yeah, I do, don't look at her like that. Um, I want to do a stronger one, then I need to make sure that my heart, first of all, is going in the right direction. You've got to make sure yourself, your own life, is going in the right direction before you try to develop a relationship with somebody else, where else is not going to last. So we need to make sure that our hearts uh, are guarded, and we're going to describe that right now. What does it mean to guard your heart? What it really means there is that you need to know who you are. I used, coined the phrase many, many years ago. I think I've used it here before. I'm not sure. You need to be comfortable in your skin. If you're not comfortable in your skin, you're insecure, you, you, you don't know really who you are, you're not going to forge good relationships. So we need to understand who we are. So guard your hearts, know who you are, and determining the course of your life, you need to know what you do. Many people want to have a relationship with somebody else, but they don't really know what that other individual does. He or she or whatever. And so you for yourself, you need to understand as you guard your heart in a relationship, it's also knowing who you are and what you are doing. You know something? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. <laughs> In all our relationships, the individuals that we have a relationship with, whether it's friendship, marriage, whatever, every single one of those individuals need to be better than us. That means my wife's got to be better than me. And then in reverse, I have to be better than her. Because we esteem each other better than ourselves. So if I want to have a relationship that is of great value... It needs to be an individual or, or whatever it is that has got a, a greater standing, a better character than I have. Because I want Ryan to lift me higher. I don't want to have a relationship with him and he pulls me lower. That comes from the Father. It's not even in my notes. So give him a clap if you want to clap. <clears throat> You see, in relationships, the most common and the most devastating of relationships and the damage that is caused is really caused by one thing, and out of that, everything else flows. The most common and the most damaging thing of a relationship is broken trust. If your trust is broken, it is a seedbed for everything else to follow. It is the most common. Every relationship, every person that we have spoken to over all the years, um, and you deal with people, 
What is it about? The crux of it. Trust has been broken. And they want to deal with all the other stuff. Well, now I get angry, I get upset. It's all coming from that, but you've got to deal, go back to the broken trust. And what is the most hardest thing or value to reestablish in a relationship? Trust. Because once your trust is broken, wow, it takes a long, long time. Okay? God forbid. But if my friend here decides to go and have a relationship with another woman, apart from his wife killing him, it's going, to t- yeah, it's going to take a long, long time, even how much you beg, to fix it. Because once trust is broken, it's gone. That's on the human level. But there's someone whose trust will never be broken. There's someone whose trust will never, ever be broken. And his name is Jesus. We've been talking about it all the time. His name is Jesus. And so... As we have a look at this, so to God, one's heart then is to develop a healthy relationship. And to develop a healthy relationship first, we need to go to the originator, the engineer, the developer who created the heart. And that's Jesus. I've said this, I think, before you. I'm not sure. If you have a Mercedes car or a Toyota vehicle, whatever, and that vehicle breaks down, you'll take your Mercedes vehicle or BMW um, to a BMW dealer to fix. Because just because of the badge, that's why you pay so much for those vehicles, it's because of the badge and the name. But you don't take it to another dealer because they won't, they can fix it, but they won't really know exactly in a few months' time your car will break down again and you have to take it back to the original person. Now, in your heart and my heart, the originator, The creator, the designer, the engineer placed within our hearts what is called a thumbprint of eternity. That is his badge. From the 18th day when our heart starts to beat in our mother's womb, there is already a thumbprint of eternity. Before anything else. That's why if we we, we don't know and we don't have a relationship with him, we will go to every other Source to build a relationship. And it fails every single time. So we've got to come back to the originator, which is Jesus. And so we see in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, this is how it all starts. It's actually the last part I'm more interested in, but don't worry about anything. It's quite a nice statement, eh? (laughs) Don't worry about anything. Okay, how's that to happen? Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. We heard that this morning. The communion, everything that He's done. Everything that He's done for us. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's, that's quite a big mouthful. But, you know, you want peace, we need to guard our hearts, Um, we want to guard our minds, but there's a condition, we need to live in Christ Jesus. If I want to have peace in my heart, naturally, and I want to have peace in my mind, i got to make sure that I live within the bounds of my marriage relationship. For an example. If I live outside of those bounds of marriage relationship, there's going to be no peace, 
there's going to be there's going to be chaos. And that's unfortunately how the human race is finding themselves in that position. They're living outside of the bounds that the Creator had prescribed from the beginning of the earth. And so we go everywhere else except to the designer, who is Christ Jesus. And as we live in Him, His peace will guard our hearts. And for me, this sounds like a, a, a relationship that will produce something far greater than any broken trust. So we need to have understand that. And broken trust, disappointments, loneliness, isolation, bitterness, jealousy is the outworking of an individual whose trust is in something other than the Creator. You see, if our trust in God is secure, we can develop good relationships with each other. It's very difficult to develop a good relationship with another human being if we do not have the source that's giving us the power to do that. Because eventually our own effort is going to run dry. Our own energy is going to just fade because it's hard work keeping a relationship. You heard about your own pastor. Sometimes he doesn't even want to come to church. That's being honest. But also, which he didn't say, and those that are married will be able to agree with me, just to stay married is hard work. You don't say yes. You just... And when you discover the secret of being in Christ, the relationship doesn't flow out of your own energy. It flows out of the energy of the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within a person. And that is what we need to have. You see, in the natural, anybody had a heart transplant? Nobody here? Who's had a, a, a replacement heart? Ah, you're all healthy people. Fantastic, eh? Eh? A bypass, so it's, it's halfway there. It's halfway there. So then now they put it in a highway. Uh, so now you've got three highways going, eh? so it just flows nicely, eh? Well done, sir. You're looking very healthy. Good for you. I like your outfit. I've also got one. Um, I was almost going to wear it. So I should have, eh? I wore it yesterday. Um, in a, when a person's heart fails, natural heart, and, okay, there's technology today, they do differently, but generally if they have to replace the heart, you've got to get a heart from a donor whose heart is uh, the capacity and how it is and the size, because, you know, not all hearts are the same size as well. But just to cut the story short, when they give the, the patient the new heart, it's got to settle in. That new heart has got to develop a relationship within the new chest. But there's something that, is, that happens. Because our heart, not just our mind only, our heart has a memory. The physical heart has a memory. And so what happens is when they place that heart into a new person, and it starts to flow, 
that person's character, habits, and even likes and dislikes starts to change. That's why it's so important to guard your heart. Because let's just say you're a donor, giver, put in your will. You must make sure that your heart is so filled with the Holy Spirit. Imagine it going into a total atheist heart. It'll change them. Because all of a sudden their thoughts will be thoughts that they've never had before. They'll become a desire. I, I don't know why I'm getting pulled to that crowd of people that sound so crazy. They're worshiping this God. They're jumping around. They're clapping. But I don't know. I just need to be with them. Hmm. So you get a picture of relationship. You see that new heart formed a relationship with the new owner, but it brought with it everything that was placed in it by the previous owner. There is scientific and medical proof for this. Families can't understand, well, my dad used to be a real... Do you swear in this church? No, you don't swear in this church. But you know, he used to be a real sod of a character. Come home, kick the dog, slap the mom, chase us out the house. Then he had this heart attack, and he was in there for a couple of months, and he came out, and it's like, hello, sweetheart. Even he is shocked. Because <laughs> he's never spoken that word before. Where does it come from? It comes from the replacement hearts. Now let's look at it spiritually. Let's see what God does. Ezekiel 36, 26. We're talking about relationships. Creating relationships that have value. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put in a new spirit within you. I will take out, of, I will take out your uh, stony, stubborn heart. And give you a tender, responsive heart. Mm. Now we can understand what the struggle is when we are drawn to this Christ. But our heart is still stuck with other things. We and ourselves cannot change our heart. Only Christ can. And what we did here this morning, if we truly have the revelation of the breaking of bread, the Lord's table, the, the communion, the last supper, but there's going to be another supper one day. Don't forget that. He's coming. There's going to be another supper, which is going to be better than the one that he had before. All those things are real. It's going to happen. If we truly understand that, what we're celebrating is that his power changes my heart. That's why it says when we come together, we should actually wait one for the other. And if anybody has sinned, if anybody has done wrong, they need to discern. Because if I partake of the sacred emblems, but my heart is still full of stone, I affect the relationships of the rest of the body. That's what the Bible says, not me. Because of relationship. God is holy. It's an holy ordinance. And so we partake, and it's great that we do that. 
And we learn all the time. So if you've never heard it, that's fine. But you learn all the time. That when I come to communion, I'm, I'm celebrating what Christ has done, but I'm doing it with my family. If I know, or put it this way, let me just use a practical thing. If I know, as a man, and I had loose morals, and I went and slept with somebody else who had loose morals, and they had disease, HIV AIDS, which is full up in Africa and also here in India, other parts, because of loose living, and I know I've got that, but I don't say a word, and I come back to my wife, I'd be the biggest fool out, because I've just killed my family. That's the same with communion. When our hearts still have areas that haven't been totally surrendered to God. That's why we come and we say, God, forgive us. Isn't God good? I love that about God. You can be the, the, the worst individual. You could have come in here and you just murdered somebody. Seriously. And, and during this meeting... And you come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit because of He wants a relationship with you. You know what God will do? And you come under conviction and you ask for forgiveness. He'll forgive you. You can actually partake of communion because you've been made right. You have to go pay the price, but it, your relationship with God is okay. That's the grace of God. There's no other God that can ever do that. Because no other God has given their life for a relationship with His church the body of Christ. And so, I will give you a new heart. I'll put in a new spirit in you. I will take out, obviously I'm not talking to these people here. I'll take out a stony, uh, stubborn, no stubborn people here, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive, what does that mean? Responsive. You should be able to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit. When Ryan is working in his office and his good wife is in the kitchen and the noise is going and the kids are messing around and the music's on and he's got his drumming going, he's got music playing there, through that din of the noise, his ear should be so in tune with Rachel that the moment she says, Ryan, lovey, I need you, he'd be like a flash, Gordon. Does he do that? Uh, nearly, 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 nearly. All the time! Hey, this is a good man, eh? I want you to come travel with me. Okay, so we need to understand that responsive heart, that tenderness. That's what Christ does for us. Religious practices makes the heart hard, stony, and cold. Because it's law and regulation. It is systems. And it's pain. So God takes it away. He says, if I have a relationship with you, I'm going to give you a new heart. That heart, oh, it's going to be tender. You're going to hear my voice. And because you are tender towards me, you'll be tender to your fellow man. The reason why relationships are always so on edge, um, and we can use all sorts of things, but it's because of broken trust. But because we, we don't trust one another, we like... How you stand over there? Don't come close to me. In Africa, 
Uh, it is different, to, except if you travel on your local trains, uh, which we've done. Um, nobody seems to have any um, care of personal space. You know what I'm talking about? In Africa, it's worse. You know, they, there's no personal space. If you're standing, uh, yeah, Ryan, you're a man, you can come here. Okay. You're standing in a bank queue, for example, or at a toll, stand this way. And you're standing at a toll. You know, we, we uh, you know, you guys from Australia, you have a little bit more culture, uh, and you guys from England, and you from India, you have culture. But, you know, when you're standing in a queue, normally you like, give some space. Okay? But in Africa, it's like, move, boy, move, boy. Thank you. You want me to sit down? Yeah, you can sit down. You see, if we have a hard heart, a stony heart, we will respond to people in such a way that they will never, ever want to have a relationship with us. They'll want to use us for what they can get. And once they've used for what they can get from us, they are gone. But people with a tender, sensitive heart, you want to be with them. That's why I said our relationships that we want to form with whoever, whether it's a wife or a husband or even your children, even your children, as you train them up, they should develop into such a place that they actually have a, a better quality of life and character than you. What good is it to have children and they bring a disgrace to us? Because we haven't taught them or showed them how to have a relationship that is tender, that is soft, so they can mature to become better people than what we are. Because that's what Jesus does with us. Jesus gave us his heart so that we can become better than who we are. Is that all right? You're awfully quiet all the moment. Okay, let me get going here. We'll just refer to this in Hebrews 8, chapter t uh, uh, 8, verse 10. It says, and God will write His laws on our heart. In other words, um, just like the natural heart has got those memories, when God gives us His heart, they, the same thing happens. Whatever's in the heart of God comes into our heart. And that's why there's always this tension going on between our spiritual walk and our natural walk. Because God wants to give us His heart. As individuals who have joined themselves into a relationship with Christ, His heart within us will then display His character, His behavior, His patterns, His likes, and His dislikes. Now, if we are saying, someone said to you this morning that God is my Father. So if God is, if I can just ask a question. If God is your Father, do you know what His dislikes are? That's your natural dad. You're the one that said it, eh? That's your natural dad. Oh, you said it. Okay, well... She's pointing to you now. Okay. But that's your dad. Okay, naturally. Do you know your dad's dislikes? Do you know he, he's listening, eh? Do you know his likes? Do you know what makes him cry? Do you know what makes him angry? Do you know what makes him upset? Do you know what makes him be joyful in life? He's looking at you. You know some of them, but not all of them. You see, if we have this relationship with Father God, whatever His likes are will become our likes. Whatever His dislikes are will become our dislikes. We won't have to judge, well, I've been invited to some 
uh, nice party, and uh, I've heard in the background there's going to be some drugs. But I really want to be there because I know some people. Hey, guess what? You don't really understand the Father's heart if you're a Christian. Because on your own, you're not strong enough to withstand the temptations that will come. I'm just talking about relationships. Don't look at me so funny. We're developing a relationship with God who gives us His heart. He takes away that stone of us, that stubbornness, that stubborn streak. So our relationship with Christ, walking in unity with His Spirit, having His peace guarding us. Hmm. We will do what He does. And as we do what He does, talking about relationships, others in our world will experience our relationship with Christ without us even speaking about it. And since God's heart, or God and His heart is love, relationship, we too will be full of love. You can put on that verse in Corinthians. This is the outworking of a relationship with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If we have His heart within us, pounding, because we have this relationship then these are the things that will happen. They're outworking. Our, our world will see that we are patient and that we are kind. Our world will see that we're not jealous or boastful or proud or even rude. Isn't it disgusting? Not in the church here. I've been to churches where some Christians are more disgusting to those who don't go to church. Because they have this air about them. We've arrived. No, you haven't. You haven't arrived. If you have, you'd be in heaven means God's still working on your character. And he doesn't want to recognize that God's still... Please help me, guys. The time when your pastor reaches that prophetic word that we spoke about last time, which is coming, please make sure that you pray for him. And if anybody offers to be his bodyguard, tell him to take a hike. Because Jesus never had bodyguards. If we are, if we got the, the Father's heart, we will not be rude. We will not be boastful. We will not demand our own way. Wow. Not irritable. Anybody irritable sitting in church? Oh, so that's just for you two. God, give them a new heart. Give them a new heart. Uh, keeps no records of wrong. Wow. I think that's a big one in the church. Church members that can keep remembering wrong. So why did you take communion? Sorry I'm so straight, but why take communion if you're still sitting in this chair and your heart is still angry at another church member? That means you haven't fully, openly given your heart to God, so you stop being irritable. Does not rejoice with injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Talking about relationships, you see, 
as Ryan goes forward in the next few weeks and he, and he talks about other issues of relationships, it basically all starts with our relationship with Christ. When the head is right, the rest flows. Let me explain it this way. I have a head on my head, on my shoulders. My head is clear. My mind is clear. My head is controlled by the Holy Spirit. I spend time praying. I spend time fasting. I'm still a human being. I don't live in some outer space. But my head is right. And because my head is right, my body is right. Talking about relationships. If you are connected to the head, Christ Jesus, and He's given you this heart that He has got of love, your body, your actions, your speech, your behavior, your attitudes will all be okay. Very, very okay. And that is the greatest testimony that we can have. That someone can come back next week and say, you know, I was tested on this being irritable, and I was put in a position, guess what, it's gone. That is reality. That's what God talks about. And so, love never gives up, never loses faith. Always hopeful. Endures through all circumstances. Our relationship with Christ through the spiritual transplanting of a new heart will place within us and give us a position of strength, courage, and being able not to compromise. Be steadfast and experience security. Come on. I want to experience security. I don't know about you. I want to be secure in every area of my life, but I need to be connected with Christ. If those things are working in my life, it will be connected with Christ. And for example, in um, the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 8, uh, the apostles were busy and people wanted them to wait on tables. And here's a passage about Stephen, one of the guys who was selected as a deacon, uh, and, and to wait on tables. But the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Ghost and power. Why? Because his relationship with Christ was in order. You see, he was full. He never had it. Thank you, Jesus. Never seen this before. He never had the power. He never had anything. He had it in him. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And he was full of power. Where did that come from? His relationship with God. He had the Father's heart because Jesus had already gone. He wasn't around anymore. So now they selected other people to do the work that Jesus did. And that's why the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, gives us the power, gives us the ability to do miracles and pray for people. But there was something else that happened to Stephen, uh, which I haven't given you in the verse, but later on, when he came and he had to speak to those who were ridiculing him, and he sat in front of all the people, uh, like you and I, when we leave this place this week, Today, we're going to go back to our workplaces. We're going to come across people that uh, don't necessarily like us. We might have to work with people that we don't like, or, or some circumstance is going to happen. But if we have the heart of God, like Stephen, when he gave an answer for who and what he believed in, the Bible says that his face shone like an eagle, I mean eagle, angel, almost an eagle, angel, and everybody noticed it. They couldn't look at him. So us, I'm talking about those who've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Wouldn't it be great if someone just comes to us? Not in the church, because we don't need lights in the church, because we all light you. 
We need it where there's darkness. So imagine us going out there, and you're just standing around, and someone comes to you and says, someone's shining a light on you. Some other makeup. What is this? What's going on? And you say, I don't know. And it's the glory of God. That is the depth and the reality of having a relationship with Jesus. That they're outworking of it because isn't God light? So if the light is in us, what should be coming out? And where is it seen? It's seen on our face. Hmm. So let me ask a question. When last did somebody come to you <laughs> and said, I see the light on your face? Because if Jesus was standing here right now, you'd ask all of us. Because he's our father. And he wants us to do good. He wants other people to know that he's our father by the good things that we do. So they too can come into the kingdom and praise him. So, isn't that amazing? That under cross-examination, and for us, yeah, for, for new believers, for those of us who've been on the road for some time, we, we come under cross-examination. I hope we're living in a world where we know people who don't know Jesus, and they want to know why we're different. So we come under cross-examination. What glows from us? Fear, intimidation, or confidence and strength? We don't have to overpower them. We just have confidence and strength. And then the last verse, Romans 10, 11. Anyone who trusts, and I've got brackets in mind here, anybody who has a sincere relationship with Christ will never be disgraced. Never. Sounds like to me the type of relationship that I want. To never be disgraced because his heart is pounding in me. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 